Shelly Martin Podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for episode 15 of the Jelly Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Jans. On the Jelly Marketing Podcast, we ask global industry leaders from world-class brands to share their best practices, stories, innovations, and more to help you move your agency, business, or organization ahead. Our topic for today is building websites that convert. Our guest, Miles Sellen, is from Drive Digital. He has moved through the ranks at that company to become managing partner. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we find out what Miles likes to spread on his toast. Episode 15, here we go. Hi, Miles. Thanks for joining me on the Jelly Marketing Podcast. Hi, Rod. Thanks for having me. Miles is a managing partner at Drive Digital, and uh, we'll get into that in a sec. It looks like Drive Digital is situated in Vancouver. Is that where you're at today? Yes, I am in uh, beautiful, sunny Vancouver today in, uh, in Yaletown. And looking at your bio, it looks like you went to the University of British Columbia. Did you take marketing there? Or what did you take in university? <laughs> no, weirdly enough, I, I was actually an English literature student, which uh, not the most practical degree, but uh, I felt at the time like it was something that I knew I could complete. So... <laughs> Yeah, this has been a common... It's, it seemed like a good choice. It's actually been a common theme on the Jelly Marketing Podcast. I think a lot of people that are into literature and into writing um, end up in marketing, and it's it's an essential skill. Have you, have you found that? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that English literature really stresses as a discipline is uh, is analysis. And so I think, uh, you know, it's, apl- it's applicable to a lot of different uh, markets, and especially to marketing, is thinking about how things are communicated, uh, and how they're going to be consumed. Yeah. Ayla Collins, I don't know if you know her. She was an earlier guest. She's with Yelp and she also had a literature degree. So, and we've had several people <clears throat> who are writers like in journalism or, uh, th- yeah, they had a real passion, a passion for writing. So yeah, you, you, you look at it from the communications point of view. What, how, how are things being communicated? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, literature. <clears throat> Uh, you know, writing is a part, part of it, but I think, you know, a, a challenge that a lot of uh, English literature teachers and professors will put across is, uh, is being succinct. And so rather than sort of using too many words is how do you uh, trim things down and have uh, them be articulated clearly and really uh, convincing, uh, convincingly, you know, it, it's, it's uh, rhetoric is sort of the base of English literature. So it's, it's uh, in, in very, especially in, as we move into digital and things, the amount of words you're able to use are getting smaller and smaller. Um, I mean, Twitter is the, the key example of that, but it's how do you communicate effectively in, in small spaces? So after university, did you have any other jobs? It looks like you went right to drive digital and kind of worked your way up. Yeah, I had a, a, a bit of an unconventional path, I guess. I, so I, I, when I got to UBC, I, I joined the English Literature program and about two years into that realized that I didn't really want to be an English professor. <laughs> so uh, while I was working in university, I actually uh, ran nightclubs and, and cocktail dens for a, a hospitality group here in Vancouver and was doing that full time in university while doing my studies. So uh, towards the end of that, I was getting a little burnt out. I was sort of doing school full time and working 70 hour weeks. So I was looking for a bit of a change. And I actually skipped my university graduation to go to a music festival in Washington State. And while I was down there, I met Colin Mansell, who's uh, 
uh, my business partner who who was one of the co-founders of Drive and is now the founder and managing partner at Red Academy, which is a technology school in Vancouver and Toronto. And met him at, at the music festival. We got along really well. And then three months later, started working at Drive as a project manager and have worked in pretty much every client-facing role we have, but took over as the managing partner just over a year ago. How cool is that? That's kind of one of those amazing meetings. You're both from Vancouver and you meet at a music festival in Washington and then yeah, you absolutely. end up working together. You must look back on that and go and scratch your head sometimes and go, wow, the, the universe is kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very bizarre. And the only reason we met is I happened to run into a friend down there who knew him through another friend. And we ended up just watching a concert together and chatting a lot. We actually... Uh, my, my then girlfriend, now wife was, uh, giving me a bit of grief during the concert because he and I were talking about artificial intelligence and, and the future <laughs> of advanced robotics the whole time during the concert and weren't really paying attention. So, <laughs> um, and, and so what was your first job there? Yeah. So I came on originally, uh, Colin is, Colin's an interesting character. And, and when he came on, he really just knew that he wanted me, uh, as part of the business drive was, I think I was the ninth or tenth person to join, so we were really sort of in its in its infancy. And so I came on originally as an account manager. And when I asked Colin what my responsibilities were, he said, "Well, you know, what do you think your responsibilities should be?" <laughs> Which, as working in my first digital agency, it was uh, it took me a while to get acclimated. But for, for essentially for the first um, eight months or so, for all intents and purposes, I was a project manager. And then as we brought on, uh, so almost. Two years ago, we acquired uh, another agency and, uh, called Title Interactive, which was primarily a, a Drupal shop. And so we brought them on board and brought one of their senior operations people, uh, my business partner, Lisa Eaton, on. And so for a time, she was managing all our sales and marketing, and I was managing operations. And then after uh, you know, maybe six months of doing that, we realized that we were... We, we should probably just switch because neither of us were really enjoying our functional roles and we were probably better suited to each other's roles. So we switched on the, we switched on the fly. So ever since then, I've been managing all our, our sales and marketing and business development. Excellent. And you, you've worked with some pretty well known brands here in Vancouver. Do you want to name drop a bit? I look on your website. You've got some interesting companies that you've worked with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been really, really lucky to work with, you know, some fantastic brands both here and, uh, and in Toronto and, and some clients recently out of New York. Uh, but yeah, you know, Triple O's, Fountain Tire, we do a lot of work with Canuck Place Children's Hospital, or Children's Hospice rather. Um, worked, uh, a good amount with Phantom Screens. One of the real great things about websites in general is that, uh, everyone needs one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, that's the, the way the world is nowadays and, really the the first or second thing people are going to interact with about your business is your website. So, you know, we do completely custom design. So we're able to go into every project really fresh and learn a lot about these brands and, and build custom solutions. So that's, that's what keeps it fun and exciting for us is to be able to always be pushing the envelope. And, you know, the, the solution that you put forward for a children's hospice is going to be very different than what you do for a decaffeinated coffee company. So we're always able to, uh, to keep things fresh and exciting for the team here. How are you finding the industry? Like there's so many ways to now create your own website if you want. And I totally, I love custom websites and I love what you guys are doing, but I'm just playing the, the devil's advocate here a little bit. Why wouldn't I want yeah. to just build my own website or get my cousin to do it? Cause I'm sure you must come up against that all the time. 
Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the analogy I like to use is in terms of painting. Uh, you know, it, it'd be relatively straightforward for me to, to go buy paints uh, or to use a paint by number set, uh, but I'm not going to be creating a masterpiece. And I think the, the reality is that while most people are only interacting with the, the front end interface of the website, we do a lot of back end integration. And then we also do a lot of uh, UX and design thinking. So, you know, you have a very limited time with a web user. Uh, you know, web trends nowadays are saying, is it, you know, as early as a year and a half ago, it was you maybe had three minutes of someone's time. Realistically, now you have maybe two and a half minutes. So it's, it's how do you get a person to understand who your brand is, what you do, why you're better and get them to whatever that conversion point is in that two and a half minutes, which, uh, you know, you or I might be able to go on Squarespace or Wix or something and put something together that's, that's passable, but it's probably not going to influence your conversion rate that much. Yeah. I love that example. That's a great example of the paint by numbers, or do you want to work with someone who can create more like a, a Picasso for you? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, a, and, and a Picasso that's going to give you return on investment, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And when you think about it, if, you know, you're effectively raising the amount of search, search traffic that goes to a site, if, you know, you have a thousand visitors, the difference between, uh, you know, a 0.5 conversion rate and a 2% conversion rate is massive. So, uh, being able to make those incremental tweaks to, uh, to both the traffic and the conversion rate of a website is when you really start to see differences in the amount of leads and and ultimately revenue that you're getting. It brings us a little bit back to words again too, doesn't it? Like it, what you say on the page is is so mm -hmm. important. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, you know we're we're very very I would say sort of specialized. We're we're strictly a web design and development company. So a lot of our clients will actually uh, work and put together their own content. And especially if you're in a specialized industry that, uh, you know, if we're working with a, a law firm, it's going to be difficult for us to put together the copy for that site because it needs to be so technical. Um, so in a similar way that, you know, we'll work with different partners to fulfill on photography or videography or, or digital marketing, we generally work with partners to fulfill on the copy if that is a, a, a requirement of the site. But what we're really thinking about is what is that user experience like when they get to the site and, and how is uh, ease of use going to factor into people's conversion rates? Yeah, and don't don't you think that also uh, on a related point that uh, larger companies are really uh, fastidious about their brand? You know, like their brand <laughs> and how it's portrayed is really important. So then they're, they're not going to give that to their cousin or something to to put on a on a Wix kind of website. They need to they they're only going to trust their brand to a to a professional agency like yours. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, we're again, you know, in terms of specializations, we're not a branding agency. So we generally aren't coming to the table with the big idea that's really going to change your web presence. We want to work with, you know, clearly defined brands who have very clear business goals, and then we can marry those into building high performing websites. So as you've changed roles at the company, what sort of are there any life lessons that you've gained as you as you've moved through the company and 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 changed roles? Yeah, I mean, I would say a lot of the things that uh, are true for for project managers are are true for business development people as well. You know, being I think it be, being a good listener is the number one skill that I would arguably say that you know anyone in the world can have. Uh, you know, any person you're talking to is is usually very candid about uh, you know either what their needs are or what their 
our potential problems are. So it's really about listening and then being able to come to the table with uh, creative solutions in order to help that person. So I think, you know, as a society in general, one thing we could all probably do is, is talk a little less and listen a little more. I haven't asked this question in a while of my guests, but it's a good one. <laughs> the The marketing business is always changing. How do you stay on top of things? Do you have a favorite blog or a podcast or a mentor? It sounds like the the founder of that company uh, really, <laughs> even though he kind of just threw you out there and threw you into, it sounds like he threw you in the deep end and said, swim, <laughs> learn to swim. But how do you stay on top of things when it comes to marketing? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm lucky to be, to be blessed with a very strong, uh, a group of mentors who I can, who I can count on. So not only Colin, but, uh, my business partners, John and Chris, who run uh, our sister agency, Success Marketing, uh, you know, give me a lot of insight and, uh, you know, they're very, very focused on the digital marketing aspect of, of what we do. So being able to leverage them and, you know, they're always sending like that. We also share the floor with, with their business. So there's a, a whole team of digital marketers on our floor who are always sharing across interesting stuff. And then, yeah, definitely blogs. I think from, from my perspective, the thing that I'm most interested in is, uh, you know, the actual, uh, running of a business, uh, you know, marketing is very interesting to me, but that's, that's one aspect of a complete business. So I'm also lucky in the sense that I work with uh, a growth strategy program here in Vancouver called ACE tech. And as part of that, I'm, you know, in regular contact with a lot of CEOs who run technology companies. So, so we definitely rely on each other for, for support and insight. And if there are, uh, you know, interesting things coming up in another industry, it, it can often be leveraged in different industries. So getting to sit down with them and pick their brains is always very helpful as well. You've really surrounded yourself with some top-notch people. I mean, was that intentional or did it just, have you just been fortunate? Like success marketing, they're really knocking it out of the park. They're doing some amazing stuff. And and it sounds like that. What was the name of the group that you said you're part of again? Uh, Ace Tech. Ace Tech. Yeah. Did you, did you, uh, how did you find them? Uh, so Ace Tech, uh, Colin was also a, a member of Ace Tech. So originally I started attending as part of sort of Drive's management team. Uh, but then after being introduced to a lot of people through there, it, it made a lot of sense to me. I think one of the things that any successful uh, business person can do is realize their own limitations or what their gaps are. Uh, you know, when I came into Drive, the first thing I really needed to learn was the technology aspect of it. Uh, which by, by all means, I'm not a developer, but to be able to understand that as much as possible is, you know, massively important. And then the next thing I really identified is that, you know, I didn't go to business school. Uh, I don't, I don't have an MBA. So I wanted to surround myself with people who really understand that aspect of running a business so I can hopefully leverage them and learn as much as possible. You're getting a field MBA. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So when it comes to digital design, do you have any tips for us? Our audience is primarily uh, marketers, and I'm wondering if you could just share a few things with us when it comes to creating a good website. And then also, I'd be really interested, it sounds like you're doing some sales, if you have any tips for us along those lines as well. But let's start out with uh, good digital design. What are some of, some of the top of mind things that, that come to your mind when we talk about good digital design? Yeah, probably the, the thing that is most important nowadays. And I think one thing that we run into a lot is, uh, that you really want to go into, uh, any design project thinking about how are you going to marry whatever your goals are with whatever a user's goals are. Uh, you know, user experience is a, a growing field. And for a lot of times it's really focused on, uh, prototyping and, and building out sort of what the structure of a page is. And that's kind of the final deliverable of a, of a UX project. 
but the the research and thinking that goes into understanding what those user goals and user behaviors are is very very important so i think probably the the number one tip i can give for anyone going into any sort of design project is getting a really good understanding of who your user who your customer is and and what their goal is uh whether it's websites or you're building products the the way that people use things uh you know, not necessarily how it looks or feels, but how it works is is more important almost than than how it looks or feels. You know, if you have a strong brand, then the look and feel will come. But if you if things are difficult to use in a world where people have so such little patience, uh, then you're going to find that you know people won't adopt it and people won't have a good time using it. So that's how you can really make a, a strong user base. Mm-hmm. And then from uh, from a sales perspective, yeah, I mean to to reiterate the point about listening, definitely. Um, and then I think understanding, uh, why you are who you are. I think, you know, fit is a term that gets tossed around a lot, but I think it is very true when, you know, generally as in my experience, at least in, in web design, you know, it is a relatively saturated market and people have, you know, so many options, but ultimately the, the goal is to, to build something that's going to convert really well, but also to, to build a long-term relationship. And so when, you know, we're talking to prospective clients, it's making sure that, you know, the process of building the website is going to be enjoyable for both parties. You know, it's, it's really, really important to me that, um, you know, my staff and our clients all, all love what we do. Uh, you know, it's an exciting process revamping a website. You know, it's going to be your, your digital face to the world. So everyone should be excited about it and we're going to get very excited about it. So it's important to me that we find clients who, who are going to get on board with that and and when we think of something really cool are are going to understand the value of that and be excited by it. How does Drive Digital market itself? Are you mostly word of mouth or um, how are you finding your own uh, potential customers? Yeah, luckily we get to we get to leverage success in a lot of respects so our, our digital marketing is uh, you know quite strong. Um the reality is that when a lot of people are considering a redesign, you know, one of the first things they're going to do is, is, you know, head on to Google and look for web design Vancouver or something like that. So that's, a, that's a big aspect of what we do. The other huge part is, is referrals. You know, as I mentioned, we're really about building those long-term relationships. So we're invested in having, you know, happy clients who have been with us for a long time. And, you know, a large portion of our business does come from referrals. Uh, it's, it's something that, you know, we really value and we really appreciate. So we want to make sure that the, the people we work with, that when their website goes live, they're not only happy with the finished product, but have been happy with the entire process. And we've, we've had a lot of success marketing ourselves that way. And just, just to get a tiny bit technical, what platforms are you guys? You, you mentioned that you bought a Drupal shop. Are you building on various platforms or do you primarily specialize in one? Uh, yeah. So the vast majority of our business is in WordPress. You know, it's, it's the most popular CMS in the world. And a lot of that is just based off demand, to be honest with you. Lots of people are looking to build in WordPress. It's great for a number of reasons. You know, it, it works fantastically from a, a content management perspective. You know, if you can use Microsoft Word, then you can figure out WordPress pretty quickly. Uh, and then from an SEO perspective, it, it performs really, really well. And we work in a, our own sort of custom implementation of WordPress. So we're able to add on some, some layers of performance and security as well. Uh, but so I'd say that makes up you know, probably 85% of our business, but we do uh, a good chunk of Drupal work as well. Uh, makes up sort of the remainder of our business, but entirely open source. So I love hearing stories. I'm wondering if you have one uh, about a raving fan, a client story that you can share. I, I see some testimonials on your website, but uh, what's 
what's maybe a favorite project that you've worked on that has turned out uh, really well? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say our uh, our biggest sort of uh, client agency uh, love affair is definitely with uh, Canuck Place Children's Hospice. Um, you know, it's a project, <laughs> a project. Yeah, it's it's a project that we uh, ended up doing uh, pro bono as part of our community program. You know, they do such incredible work, and it's something that doesn't get enough exposure as it deserves. But the, the whole team there is constantly working so hard, and uh, you know, we do our best to to be able to try to keep their technologies where they need to be. You know, it's it's a very competitive space to be honest with you, the non for profit space, and and uh, you know, because so much of what they do goes directly to the the children and the families that they're helping, that they uh, you know. Well, which is, I'm sure is true of a lot of not-for-profits don't necessarily have, you know, big budgets to be working with for their digital platforms. So we're really pleased that we've been able to, to help them out over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, they're always sending us cookies and cards and making great thank you videos for us and stuff. So it's, it's something that the staff here really enjoys working on as well. Yeah. It's such a good charity and the, the things and the stories that come out of there are, are pretty moving. I have a friend who used to be the director there and he told a story yeah. about, uh, a family, having Christmas in August because they didn't know if their child would make it to Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, stuff like that, that they're going through and helping families with every day. So it's a very worthy cause. That's great. Great for you guys for helping them out. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a number of us went to, uh, to their big benefit gala last year. And yeah, some of the stories are you know, really, really, uh, really moving. And, you know, I think there were four or five of us there and we were all completely in tears, but, uh, you know, definitely very bittersweet, but, it's great to see that for the the people affected by it and the children affected by it that they're getting the support they need both uh you know while they're going through those trying times and and for years afterwards so they do uh, amazing work there all right let's switch gears on a much lighter note we mm-hmm. uh, we do a, a a lightning round here on the jelly marketing podcast and sure. so i've got some some questions for you i'll ask them you don't have to feel like you have to answer them very quickly or anything like that just take your time but uh <laughs> sure. Uh, the first one is, and I know you've been waiting for this question. It's just such a, such an amazing question. And, and your answer doesn't have to be jelly, by the way, but because <laughs> we're the jelly marketing podcast, what do you like to spread on your toast? Uh, so I mean, I'm, I'm pretty spread agnostic, but I, I would say the probably the, the thing I go with most often is peanut butter. Although I'm a huge fan of cream cheese as well. Cream <laughs> cheese and jam mixed is, is top quality. Awesome. So spread agnostic, meaning you're not opposed to putting things on toast. You're just, you just, you like variety. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if it's in my fridge and it's spreadable, I'll, I'll put it on toast at some time. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of, I, I'm one of seven kids and there's six boys in my family. So uh, basically if it was edible, then, then I would eat it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Large families, food is a competitive sport, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I managed to make it out of my youth with all my fingers though. <laughs> okay. And what do you do to handle stress? I, I, I play a lot of basketball, but to be honest with you, one of the things, and I, I've been doing some reading on this subject actually, because it's it's something that I think anybody who runs a business is pretty familiar with. But uh, I think stress is just sort of a, a natural state of being in the world we live in. So it's more about building up your tolerance to stress. So I like to uh, to I, you know I sort of embrace stress. It's it's why I dove into to running a business. I, I knew that was going to be a part of it. So being able to kind of hit your limit and then decompress, shut off. I like turning off my phone uh, and then going playing a little basketball, going for a bike ride with my wife and then uh, plugging back in and, and, you know, seeing how, how big my stress muscles have gotten. Are you an iPhone or an Android person? 
Uh, I am an iPhone person. I think our, our office is pretty much 50-50 split, but I am definitely an iPhone person, although I'm, I'm a PC guy. Okay, cool. And do you have a favorite app on your phone? Uh, do I have a favorite app? Uh, well, I guess for the last month, uh, we've all been pretty heavy into Pokemon Go, but uh, I've, I've, I've taken a break from it. As uh, someone who played a lot of games, it's it's unfortunately not sort of up to snuff in terms of how good a game can be. Do you have a favorite life or business hack to share? Something that uh, helps you create a shortcut or a loophole or something that makes your life easier? I, w- I would say one thing that I've uh, learned over my time at Drive is to, is to rely on your team. I think the the tendency for a lot of people is to take more stuff on your plate. But if you're, if you're doing things properly, then you're hiring really smart people who have a lot of really incredible capabilities. So being able to, to push stuff in their direction and ultimately that's fantastic for their growth. So, you know, the, the management team here and the, the team leads are all amazing. And I, over the last two years, I've really realized that I can uh, count on them to produce incredible work and, you know, take, take a lot off my plate and, and do it better than I ever could. We've maybe discussed this already, but just for the, purposes of our conversation and i know it's sometimes hard sometimes hard to choose just one but is there a cause that's near and dear to you yeah i mean uh, obviously canuck place has a special place in my heart and that's something that uh you know i feel very strongly about but uh in terms of of causes that you know as a, as a business we generally like to support is you know people being able to i think pursue their careers creatively uh, especially in in places where they might not necessarily have the uh, access to it so one thing that, uh, you know, we've worked a lot with in my business partner, Colin, who's now running Red, is providing or helping to provide education in places where, uh, you know, young people might not have access to it, especially when it comes to technology. Can you give us an example of that? Where, where, where are you doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Red essentially does a, a one-to-one. So when uh, they do have students coming aboard at Red, they're able to uh, to provide uh, sponsored education for students, especially, to be honest with you, in tech and in development to women. Um, it's uh, an area that the, the gender divide is really heavily skewed in one direction. Um, so they're they're promoting that a lot and trying to get to get more ladies involved in code because it's uh, something that, you know, I think everyone in the tech industry really realizes that uh, we need to become more balanced in that. And if people want to get in touch with you or find out more about Drive Digital, where should they go? Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, check out our website. Uh, all forms lead directly to me. So feel free to, uh, to drop a contact form on there or, uh, you know, just give us a call. Uh, I'm always happy to chat, whether it's uh, about a business development opportunity or just some insight into the industry. I'm a, I'm a talker and a listener. So happy to chat with anyone who ever has the desire to. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Miles. It's been great talking to you today. It's been great talking with you as well, Rod. Thanks very much for having me on. Well, thanks again to Miles Sellen from Drive Digital for joining us on the 15th episode of the Jelly Marketing Podcast. If you'd like to check out some of the links and show notes from this episode, go to the Jelly Marketing Podcast page at jellymarketing.com and you'll find it under the blog tab of the website. Also, be sure and check us out on iTunes. Leave a comment and a rating. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. You can fly This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.